Cell phones on silent and shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> the show is about to begin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Shipwreck Show. My name is Shipwreck, and I will be your hostess with the mostest. And thank you, William, for dropping coins already today. I know you said you couldn't stay. I don't know if you're still in here, but I appreciate you helping us keep the lights on. I appreciate it. Sonia's here, too. She's in the back. It's Friday. We're here for the nooner. We're going to do it. We're going to talk. Well, here's the thing. So I didn't watch. Uh, Sonia, did you watch the uh, stupid GOP debates? Did you? I didn't watch it either. I saw some of the recaps, but it was exactly what I, got, I thought it would be. I thought about doing a recap of it today, but really, I just once you start seeing the trigger words, like the words and the once you start seeing them grandstanding for sound bites on either social media or it's really hard to not see it. And so that's all I saw, right? And I saw they they didn't really accomplish anything. I didn't feel like from everything that I saw. And I'm not here for it. I just, I'm over it. I'm over that. Like Chris Christie and the, yeah, I know. I heard about that. He called Trump a, what'd he call him? What'd he call him? She's laughing. What'd he call him? Not a Cheeto, a Dorito. <laughs> something. She called, they called him something. I don't remember what it was. She's putting it in the comments. But they they just talk over each other. They argue all the time. And they just, it's it's so frustrating. Miss Blue Whiplash, welcome live. It's good to see Donald Duck. Called him Donald Duck, which, I mean, I understand. No, at this, I, no, I don't. And I don't understand it when Trump does it either. I didn't when he did it with Nancy Pelosi. I, I didn't. I thought, I guess, I kind of thought it was funny at the time because I was new to the whole political scene for the most part. So I was like, whoa, this political, you know. But now I've seen them all do it all the time. And it's like, I'm just, I'm not here for it. That doesn't help anybody to stand up there and argue back and forth on whether or not Donald Trump looks like Donald Chuck, Donald Duck, or whether or not um, Vivek Ramaswamy is, is I, <laughs> I'm not here for it. So I didn't watch it. I just can't. They got nothing accomplished in my opinion. Um, I didn't, but I wanted to watch because what maybe you guys didn't know because of all of that was going on. At the same time, what you guys probably didn't know is that Tucker Carlson had dropped another interview. And this interview was with Bill O'Reilly. And now the reason that I'm interested in this interview is because my old man was a big Bill O'Reilly fan. I can remember being a kid and listening to Bill O'Reilly on the radio uh, in, in the mornings on the way to like school, on the way to, to feed hogs, mow the lawn, all the stuff you do on a farm. Um, but Bill O'Reilly would be playing on the AM radio on WNAX. That was like their big thing. Uh, so when I saw you sitting down with Bill O'Reilly, I don't know who Bill O'Reilly, I, I know who he is now, but I didn't know him in his heyday. Um, I really did want to listen into it, but we've been so inundated with um, football. Like what a talk about an encompassing sport, right? The kids are doing great. They're winning all their games. They're doing fantastic and they're playing hard. I'm really, really, we're really, really proud of them. Um, but holy nuts, uh, they are, <laughs> it's just insane. And they've got more games tomorrow. They had games, we didn't get home last night until 9.30. Um, they had a game Tuesday, we didn't get home until late. So it's just been, it's been all encompassing. So it's been really hard to kind of try and keep up with that and keep up with this. But I really did want to watch this interview. And I thought, well, it would be a lot cooler if we could just watch the interview, maybe all together, which we do a lot. We do a lot of these watch parties. I didn't promote it or anything. I just thought we'd just come and hang out. Um, and I kind of wanted to see if anybody else had watched the debates. I know some people were streaming it on TikTok, and it didn't look like, it just didn't look like a lot of people were interested in it. They used a lot of 
Vivek Ramos weighs uh, talking points and a lot of people are putting him up on a pedestal and I'm just not sold on Vivek Ramaswamy. Like we all need to do better. Well, I don't care if you're a Democrat or you're like demand better, right? We talked about Katie Hobbs earlier this week. I went on kind of a rant at the end of, of the Katie Hobbs video uh, where she left. And apparently in the state of Arizona, if, if the governor leaves the state, they have to put somebody else in charge, which is fine. Okay. Bet. You're like, I didn't know that, but okay. So we're here. But she left and she didn't tell anybody. And okay, that's fine. But then they didn't follow the line of secession, which I thought was also interesting. Um, And they're saying that, well, it's because these people were out of town, but no, they weren't. Well, at least one of them wasn't, I know for sure, because he was on Twitter at an event in Sun City. So he was still in Arizona. He could have, and it was the second in line. He could have taken it. She didn't tell anybody. She just, she, she handed it off to the Republican treasurer. And that person is the one that made the announcement. And I thought that was, and then a lot of people were like, well, why are you coming down so hard on Katie Hobbs? And she has right. In, well, well, maybe she does have a right to her privacy, but if you're so party specific and you hate Republicans so fucking bad, freaking bad, sorry. If you hate them so bad and you think they're terrible, Nazi, horrible people, you're not going to complain when your democratic governor leaves the reins in the hands of a Republican at a very, very pivotal and controversial time in her governorancy. I don't even know if that's a word. I'm using it. Because she had she had a lot of legal problems going on just in the last week with um, a lot of legal problems going on just in the last week with the people that she's appointed. She apparently appointed one person to run like five or six different committees or something that's illegal. And they were calling her out on it. And then she just disappears. Not to mention there was massive rumors going around. They have been debunked. So do not come for me, but they have been debunked, but massive. And these rumors took off too, right? Like mainstream kind of picked them up that she had been indicted or was going to be indicted for, for the Rico charges or something. And those had just kind of started to, to kind of start to get wound back down. And then she leaves and the whole thing starts again. And the, the rumors, pick, I mean, it was just, it was, it was, it was immature and irresponsible in my opinion. I mean, if, if anybody who ran a business did something like that, like they would, they would get outed. They would get, you know, they'd probably get fired. James, thank you so much for the super sticker um, and for helping us get the lights on. I love your face. Happy 30 year anniversary from Alcali. Congratulations. That's good. That's 30 years of sobriety. That's a long time. I appreciate you, James. Thanks for being here. Um, a Republican should have felt regardless, regardless of what you think or how you vote. If you are so party specific, why are you not more upset about this? And they just weren't. They were mad at me. They were like, you shouldn't be so hard on. Yes, I should. I would be just as hard on my governor. If my governor had all of this drama going on the last two weeks and then decided just to dip and leaving the reins in the hands of, of, of a liberal treasury department head for a day, I'd have lots and lots and lots of questions. I'd have things. To, I'd, I'd want to know things. I had to have the same questions, but I don't, I don't live in Arizona. So you know what? At the end, I don't really care. I don't live there. Arizona's, I visited. It's a beautiful state. I think it's having some problems. It's got some border problems. That was another thing we had talked about earlier this week was the invasion of the border in Arizona, uh, where it's mostly military-aged men that are coming across the border in Arizona. That's scary. Um, a lot of people are like, well, they're coming over here looking for work, and that's very possible. But it's my understanding that uh, we can't find any work. People can't find work, at least on the, the sides of TikTok that I'm on, are really struggling to find jobs and really struggling to pay bills. And these people are coming over 
uh, in the hundreds of thousands and we're putting them up in, in five-star hotels and we're feeding them and we're giving them free medical care until they can get their, their asylum ship or whatever. Well, I don't even know if it's asylum seekers anymore. I don't know what it is. They are all just pouring over the border. She's just got a lot going on. And then for her to just up, I mean, you have to anticipate, okay, if I leave and then I hand this off to a Republican right now, and they're the only ones that put out a statement, this is going to cause me some issues. I would think that she would have a PR team that would help her get ahead of that, but she didn't. And as far as I understand, she hasn't really said much. Now, Sonia had said, and somebody in TikTok had also said that they had seen her at the library, the grand opening of the library that Joe Biden had visited Arizona to open this library that was named in the name of John McCain. John McCain is its own video, first of all. My understanding, homeboy's a traitor, had thousands of people, was just a bad dude, right? And then she, apparently she showed up with that, but I got some people from Arizona, Louise is in here, who went to the event in Arizona, to the library, didn't see her at all. And so they're not, she's not really sure where the photos are. I mean, it's, and it's going to get harder and harder and harder to verify things as AI gets better, as green screens get better, as as all of these things get better and you can, you can call me a conspiracy theorist all day long, but this is a fact. This is reality. It's happening all over TikTok. It's happening with, with creators that you follow, right? Things are getting altered and videos are being made and you can change the way that people say things in the way that they say them and make, and it looks almost flawless. And unless you really know what you're looking for. So nobody really, I don't even know. I don't know what's going on. She is a part of the boot club which was also John McCain. John McCain was a part of the boot club. Joe Biden's a part of the boot club. Jill Biden's part of the boot club. Hillary Clinton's part of the boot club. Bush was part of the boot club. I don't know if Bill Clinton was ever a part of the boot club. A lot of Hollywood elitists were part of the, no, Bill Clinton was not. A lot of Hollywood elitists are part of the boot club. If you don't know what the boot club is, uh, you can go on TikTok. You can go, actually, you can go anywhere. Maybe not Instagram. And just type in boot club and you will find the video that you were looking for and you will know exactly what I'm talking about. Boots are covering up something. And I'm not going to get into too much of it here. So I, I don't I don't know. I, I thought the whole thing, and I, my thought, people's responses to it was very interesting. Like people were really fired up. They were like, you just don't have any right to know. Until we start demanding better, we're not going to get any better. You guys, this is, this is the way that it is. Until we start demanding better, you're not going to get any better. And that doesn't matter if you're a Democrat. That doesn't matter if you're a Republican. It doesn't matter if you're a liberal. It doesn't matter if you're a far right. Until you start demanding better out of the people that you elect, you're not going to get better. And you should be demanding better. You should be demanding complete transparency from these people. They demand it from you and your PayPal. They demand it from you and your cell phone and your social media. They're gathering all that information. You can't do that with theirs. We need to start demanding better and stop defending these people they don't care about you neither do i well, i care about some of you some of you lisa what's up uh i second what racist said i did not see what racist said so that's where my rant okay yes <laughs> see i get distracted sonia we need like you to hold a sign that's a shit backtrack okay uh what else do i got diane feinstein oh diane feinstein that's right Diane Feinstein passed away. Did we talk about this in the beginning? No, we didn't. I went on, I went on my Katie Hobbs rant. Diane Feinstein passed away this morning to nobody's surprise, and you shouldn't be surprised. She was 90 years old. She's been failing health for ever, years, at least a year, 
since she got shingles and she passed away this morning officially, but she did vote on Wednesday. So, you know, nothing like working up to the day that you die. Holy balls. She was allowed to die. I should say that she was allowed to die. I, I don't know that. I think when this kind of stuff happens and I know that people are, they hate that. And I didn't agree with Diane Feinstein on anything there. The media is calling her the true centrist. I don't know where that's coming from. A true centrist isn't 100% on board with firearm control, the firearm control that she was on board with, which meant that limiting and, and uh, like red flag laws and so on and so forth. She, I didn't agree with her on anything. Um, and there's a lot of conspiracy. I mean, there's a lot of things that we can get into. We're not going to do it. I already got a post that's biting me in the ass with the Mexican, the Mexican alien. Uh, Mimi Column, thank you for the super sticker for helping us keep the lights on. Actually, this is super stickers from today. Tips all from today are going towards next week's football games, which are all away. <laughs> I got to feed. Then these kids eat, man. They eat. You can't even get cheap meals at McDonald's anymore. The people meet. I have to go. I mean, like, it's cheaper to feed them in a five-star restaurant like Culver's. I don't know if you live in the Midwest, but anyway. Sorry, moving on. Um, a lot of people want to know who's going to take Diane Feinstein's seat. I don't know. Uh, a lot of people are throwing on Gavin Newsom. A lot of people are saying Gavin uh, is actually our VP. Kamala's going to step down. And somebody said Kamala could step down and, and she could actually become. Is Kamala Harris from California? I don't think she. I think they have to live there or move there. We have a Culver's in Arizona. You bet. Culver's good shit. Um, I could see Gavin Newsom sliding into that role. And I know somebody had said that somebody else had said, there's a lot of somebody said that it's going to be a female, uh, uh, black female or a person of color female. And I think it was Biden that somebody had said about that. I don't know. I didn't see that clip. Um, but I could definitely see Gavin Newsom sliding into that seat. He's been awfully active lately. Something's coming for Gavin Newsom. Um, I don't know what it is, but he's been awfully, awfully active with his sound bites and, and trying to get his controversial. And that's kind of how, you know, too, like when the Mexican alien thing happened and it <laughs> looked just like Diane Feinstein, we should have known that something was, something was coming with Diane Feinstein, right? It's still biting me in the ass. Like people on Twitter, like this didn't age well. It wasn't supposed to. Okay. She wasn't supposed to. It was great. Um, I thought he was in get mode. I, there's a lot of that going around too. I guess that depends on what door you're behind. I mean, if you're behind door number three and you are of the idea of the great awakening and the exposure, uh, that would fall under that door. We kind of talk about it all in context. And in that context, it matter to me. Um, they opened the box and <laughs> we need Feinstein. We need Feinstein back to the planet Zork. Stop it. Listen, there are two generations that are going to get my humor, even though neither one of them will claim me. And that's Gen X and elder millennials. Neither generation will claim Gen Xennial, but that's okay. You'll be the only ones that get my humor. So look for Gavin Newsom to be a part of something. I, I really would not be surprised if he slid into this seat, slid into this seat. I know that uh, Carrie Lake is also going to be running for the Senate. I, this is a side note. This really has nothing to do with Diane Feinstein. But Carrie Lake is also going to be running for the Senate. I know a lot of people had talked about her possibly being VP, uh, depending on who was the GOP pick and so on and so forth. Um, but it does not look like that is going to happen. It does look like she is going to be a part of the senator. That's what she's going to do. So Gen X accepts you, ship. 
That from what I see on TikTok. So I was born in 83. And apparently 82 and 83 just kind of got left behind. Like we we don't have a generation. We're like a middle generation where there's like no name. Which explains why I thought it was Gen Eps up until I joined TikTok. And then they were like, no, you're not. Get out of it. And I was like, all right, bet. Kick rocks in. I don't want to be part of your stupid generation anyway. I just adapted my own cult. That's what I could call it. We're an 83 cult. That's what we, we accept you. <laughs> TikTok's wildin', man. All right. So let's start the interview. So while the, all of the um, the GOP debates that nobody really watched were going on, Tucker Carlson came out and he had an interview with none other than Bill Riley, Bill O'Reilly. And so that's kind of what I want to listen to and watch today. Uh, I hadn't watched it yet. And then after we're done with that, I do want to talk a little bit. And Sonia, you don't let me forget this. But I do want to talk a little bit about Elon Musk, too, who, for whatever reason, made a trip to the border. Have you seen that? That just came up this morning. I, I don't know much about it. I've seen a couple of the videos. We're going to go through and watch those videos, too. Uh, for those on TikTok, if you want a better experience, go to the links in my bio. We're both on Rumble and YouTube. Otherwise, I'm going to turn you around and just kind of have you face. And I can't do the dual stuff here. For some reason, it just doesn't work. But let's go ahead and we'll start the interview. You guys, thanks for being here and enjoy. It's debate night, but we're not at the Reagan Library. We are undisclosed with Mr. Bill O'Reilly. Against my will. <laughs> Bill O'Reilly, what a pleasure this is. Thank you for doing it. I have one question before we begin. <laughs> you do? Okay. How long is this going to last? Quite some time. Oh, quite. because I know, I know these, these X things and... and they're like some four days. They go on forever. Yeah. yeah. That's like a like deposition. Shave in the middle of it. <laughs> With no lawyers. Right. So you got canned exactly six years before I did, almost to the day from Fox. How's your life? Well, first of all, what was that like? And how's your life been since? Well, I don't see it as getting canned. I got furloughed. furloughed. <laughs> I like that word. <laughs> it's furloughed. See, I've been in this business almost 50 years. And I've worked for CBS, ABC, King World, Inside Edition, um, and uh, now Fox. And then I did all the local stuff. I worked yep. local. So I man? understood what most television news people don't. I don't know. That you are expendable. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. Sylvester Stallone, but you're expendable. Okay? And so when bad things happen, I kind of expect that, even yeah. though I was the ratings leader and all that. Once the boss at Fox News, Roger Ailes, left the um, operation, everything changed. And when everything changes, then anything could happen. Yeah. So it wasn't like thunderbolt like you out of the blue. What, what the deuce is this? Okay. And so what I did was basically accept it right away. Like I would accept a car accident or something like that. Yeah. There's nothing I can do about it. There's absolutely nothing I can do about it. We got my people, my lawyers, managers. We had a nice conversation with News Corp. They fulfilled their contractual obligations to me, every bit of it. And we said, see you later. That's what happened. So, but you said the predicate to all of this happening was Roger Ailes leaving. Right. What was that exactly? I don't know. I, I made it my business to stay out of the corporate politics at Fox. Yeah. So in 20 years plus that I was working there, I saw Rupert Murdoch seven times. 
years. Yeah. In 20 years. That's it. I don't, I didn't have anything to do with that side of the business. Now, Ailes would call and yell at me from time to time that I said something stupid. And I would say to him, if you're going to call and yell at me when I say something stupid, that's going to take up most of your day every day. All right. So why don't you just pick your spots here? You know, I didn't have any kind of corporate relationship. So I didn't know. Even with Ailes. The Ailes was news analysis relationship. Yeah. And news gathering. Did you respect him? Um, he, the guy was a giant. Yeah. Oh, he could, he knew what was going on. He was a great Italian evalu evaluator. Yes. He knew who was good on TV and who wasn't. Okay. He's a no BS guy. I asked him a question. I got an answer. Do you know how rare that is in the media to ask somebody a question, get an honest answer? Never happens. It happened twice to me. Peter Jennings and Roger Ailes. Those were the guys. When I asked him a question, I get an honest Both answer. Both self-made guys. Whatever it was. But here's what people don't understand about television news. It's like professional football, the NFL. If you are a talent, both Carlson and I are talent. That's the, what they call us because we're on television. You have to beat the shows that are up against you. Right. Right? So when I was at Inside Edition, I had to beat Wheel of Fortune or whoever I was competing against, right. okay? Or at least come close. You have to beat the other team. And if you do beat them, like you did and I did, then you're rewarded with money. Not love, not loyalty, money. It's a pure play. So when personnel changes, then it's all thrown into chaos. So Tom Brady leaves the New England Patriots, right? Yeah. The entire dynamic of the organization changes. Now, some might say for the better, some might say for the worse, but it's totally different without Tom Brady. But here's where the analogy breaks down. The Patriots didn't fire Tom Brady the minute he won the Super Bowl and then denounce him as a sex criminal or a racist. <laughs> well, so why would you fire the guy, in your case, for example, who had dominated the space, was continuing, still number one? Like That just seems acting against interest. Like Why would you ever fire the top guy? Matt Lauer actually asked me that question. Yeah, good question. Okay, and he asked me it on the Today Show in a kind of haughty way. I said it was business. Pride goeth before the fall. Uh, so I never asked them why they did what they did ever, but why attack? But what, listen to me for so this is important. Yeah. I never asked them why they did what they did. I accepted it. Okay. And then, as I said, we got the contracts in order, but at the time they were trying to buy sky news and the sky operation runs all the soccer in Europe. Huge. Money making. Oh, yeah. All right. News Corp trying to buy them. The British regulators were giving them an awful hard time for a number of reasons. And in my mind, I thought that might have something to do with it. But I have to tell you this honestly I didn't care. I had been there for 20 years. I was time for a change. When I started cable news, it was nothing, but I knew it was going to be huge. And then I said, you know what's going to be the next huge alternative independent media? 
Yes. And I just scampered on over to it. I think there was a week, only a week before I started BillOReilly.com. We already ended up and running as a news operation. I took a number of people from Fox with me, good people. And to this day, it's been six and a half years. It's the most successful independent news agency in the world. Where, but so you didn't spend any time locked in your bedroom with a bottle of vodka at all? No, I don't drink. I'm too boring to drink. That's why I don't drink. Um, never, I, I don't think feeling sorry for yourself is a good uh, use of anybody's time. Yeah. I accepted the situation, which is the key to life. I knew I wasn't going to change it, right? They made a decision, they made a decision. So why am I going to brood about it? I mean, a lot of Irish guys brood. Yes, yes, you know? it's, a, it's a brooding island. It is, but I'm not really a brooder. I'm like, uh, okay, that happened. Uh, the concern I was for my children, I protected my children as best I could, and I succeeded on that, I think. Um, but for me, it was, now we're going to do this, and we're going to make this sing, and we have. Amazing. So you, know, you lost no time? None. Not, in fact, I was writing books. I was doing radio. I mean, my radio franchise stayed right where it was. Nothing happened there at all. Nothing happened in publishing. I mean, you know, Killing the Witches is the 13th killing book. There was no interruption in that. The only interruption was on cable news. And so I went to another news forum. How did you keep yourself from getting bitter, though? I'm just bitter about everything anyway. So <laughs> that That's was easy. Default. Yeah, I was like, oh. You know, how much more bitter can I get? I'm just bitter 24-7. Um, I have what they call an edge to me. All right? And, and so, but again. Where's that from? Levittown. You know, after World War II, the baby boomers, 100 kids. And if you, they didn't like you, it was like, okay, here we go. No kicking, though. We had rules at Levittown. No kicking? Brawling. Couldn't kick. So it's pre-UFC. Yeah. Um, no tattoos at that time. But anyway, um, I have a philosophy of the life that I've developed and I stick to it in that discipline. I don't, I don't go to a psychiatrist because why drive them crazy? You know, that's not fair, fair to the psychiatrist. <laughs> if I would walk in, I don't do any of that. You know, I think I'm here for a reason, put on the planet for a reason. I'm trying to be an honest guy and I make everybody that I work for money. But you know what the greatest thing is? I'll never work for anybody again. I run my own show now. So is that the future? I mean, what is it? You said you've worked everywhere in television. Right. Like, what is the future of cable news? What is the future of news? Cable news will be there. Yeah. But it, it's like the network news. I mean, when was the last time you said, uh, you heard somebody say, wow, did you see that on Nora O'Donnell? When was the last time you heard somebody say that? I don't think I ever have. No. No. But when... Cronkite was there. Yeah. And Rather and Brokaw and Jennings, there was juice. Yeah, it was a real thing. So cable stay where it is. And Fox will win, by the way, because Fox has better talent. Fox wins not because of this ideological, although they have an advantage because traditional Americans have nowhere else to go except Newsmax. But Fox has better talent. The talent is better. And that's it. So people gravitate toward talent. I, I trained Waters, Jesse Waters. I trained yeah. him. Okay. So whether you like him or not, he's talented. For sure. Hannah's talented. Hannity's talented. 
He can deliver a broadcast. Did you give Jesse advice before he started? I only give advice when people ask me. Yeah. So you yourself have never asked me for advice. But that's totally false. <laughs> I did I, did I, I yes, give some I advice? slept to your op. No, that is totally when okay. I took over Greta Van I waited in the ante room of your office. Uh -huh. Yes, I did. It was a, in fact, Ailes told me, go kiss O'Reilly's ass. And that's the first thing I did. A and man did never stands so tall as when he stoops to kiss an ass. What what did I tell you? Uh, you said it's a very treacherous business. Mind your own business. Just stay, stay in your own lane. Do your thing. Okay. I thought that, that was, was good advice. advice. Yes, right? it was. Okay. I'm sorry, but I'm old now. So I forget things. <laughs> right. What's your name again? <laughs> Jen Griffin. Um, I have to ask, I can't, I just can't resist. And I don't mean this as a criticism because I actually love it. But the most famous video on the internet is you shot off camera in a previous job before five. Folks. What am I doing? Going live? Is that You're going one? live. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Right. Fucking thing sucks. I was in Iceland and I had some gnome come up to me and go, you're the going live guy. I said, what? I'm in Iceland. That was in Reykjavik? Yeah. And, I'm, and, and it's all over the world. I mean, there are Japanese guys going, there's no life guy. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so I'm on Inside Edition, and they can't tape it every two minutes. They go, oh, we, we, we didn't get the audio. Oh, you were out of frame. Oh, there's a giant glob on your ear. And they couldn't get it taped. So finally... Irish guy went, all right, we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Right. Fucking thing sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and there it goes everywhere. Amazing. That's exactly what happened. Thank, thank you. You're welcome. I've wondered about that. So how did you, okay. How did you come up with, in, in the 13th in the series, witches? Okay, so... The Killing series, the best-selling nonfiction book series of all time, by the way. That's Did incredible. you know that? No, I had no idea. You can do research. 19 million copies of my books in print. So my, I'm a former high school teacher, history teacher. And the, the way that I entertained the urchins in Opelika, Florida, a slum of Miami, was I told them stories about the people that we were talking about. I wasn't like Mr. Hand in Fast Times at Ridgemont. Right. <laughs> okay? Nobody would order pizza in my class. We'll talk but about I'm it when we're done. Stories, personal stories, and make these people come alive. So that's what I did in the Killing series. So the witches, we start with the Mayflower. People coming over from England, Puritans, who the king hates, wants to get rid of them. 66 days on this boat and what happens on that boat is unbelievable. Everybody thinks, oh, the pilgrims, I have another drumstick. This was brutal. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's where we start. Then they land in Massachusetts. They wanted to go to Virginia, but they're a little off course in Cape Cod. And they finally wind up uh, in the Plymouth area of what Massachusetts is now. But they're fighting among themselves. They're not getting along. Everybody's hating everybody. And so a bunch of them move up to Salem. There was no Boston at that time. And they get into Salem, and they're all loons. They're all crazy clerics, all right? And 
demanding. You have to go to church like eight hours on Wednesday. I mean, I don't know how they watch primetime TV. They're always in church. So in Europe, they routinely burned witches. Yes. Okay. But it was usually done in a political way. So this king doesn't like the Protestants. The Protestants are all witches. We'll set them on fire and vice versa. We don't like the Catholics, so we're going to burn Joan of Arc. In Salem, that superstition took root. And it was driven by the kids, the little kids, who would go, oh, that came to me in a night and told me to go and do the devil's do and all of that. And, it was, and then the adults went, all right, we'll hang them. 20 people executed. Yes. So the story is beyond fascinating. And real. And it led to the way we live today in America, as far as our religious freedom is concerned. And that's the center of the book. The first part of the book is how they crossed and got here, and the witches went out of control. And then a young boy in Boston, Benjamin Franklin, gets on to this witches thing. And he visits the top witch hunter, Cotton Mather. Visits him, goes to his house in Boston. It's this long conversation, which we tell you about. Franklin never forgot the brutality of what the clerics did in Salem and brought it to Philadelphia, where there was a hellacious fight between Patrick Henry and Roger Sherman, who wanted the United States to be a theocracy, wanted to be a Christian nation. We have to put that in the Constitution. And Franklin, Madison, Jefferson, who didn't want any part of that. They were the brawl. And I, we discussed that. All right? That's the center part of the book. The last part of the book is demonic possession, which people go, oh, listen. <laughs> when I put you on the set of the movie The Exorcist, okay? While it was being shot by director William Friedkin, who was a pagan, Okay, the stuff that happened during that movie, and it's based on a real story. It wasn't a girl, it was a boy, a teenage boy in Maryland who was possessed. We got all the diaries of the eight exorcists that dealt with this boy, three months. It's, you're sitting there, you're going, oof. So, all in all, we were sitting there going, what? So, demonic possession is real. To the Jesuits and the Catholic Church, it is. What do you think? I think there's an act of evil. You know, I think it probably runs the television industry in America right Without now. Without question. <laughs> Without question. You know, so it's not fair to ask me and you about demonic possession because we've just seen too much. <laughs> but in, I'm a Roman Catholic. And yes. I, I believe there is an act of evil. And what we uncovered in Killing the Witches, as far as now... I mean, I, I got to tell you, when I'm reading these diaries written by the Jesuit priests who worked on this boy uh, to try to get him, you know, somewhat under control because he was bleeding and screaming and talking in languages, nobody. And they recorded it. They recorded the Aramaic. He's a 13-year-old boy in Maryland speaking Aramaic. I mean, it's so... And yes. they didn't teach Aramaic in Bethesda. <laughs> no, I don't think there's a... Although uh, the Terrapins, Maryland, University of Maryland, they may have an elective. Wait, so that's, okay, so did that make you think, you conclude the book, 
in modern day America, but it, did it make you wonder if maybe there was a witch or two in Salem? No, because that was so crazy because every word of the testimony in Salem in 1692 and three was written down. Every word was written down. They were scribes writing all the testimony down. And it, it's up in New England in museums. We got it all. That was so insane what they were doing up there. And a lot of it had to do with money. They were hanging wealthy landowners so they could seize the land. That was part of the con up there. But when you see little girls turning on their parents, one little girl was driven out of her mind. Two dogs were deemed to be witches and executed. Okay, I draw the line there. I know. No killing the dogs. That's how crazy it was. Yes. But it had a fragmentation effect that is in play in our society today. And then the last thing I do is in the afterward, we have witch hunters in America now. They're just different kind of witch hunts. We have cancel culture. The you, accusation, you're guilty. You know who they are. Of course. And I mean, that's just driven by young people. Once that's again. malignant. That's evil. An accusation, you're guilty, no due process, no anything. We see it every day. Every blanking day. But there was a period between, I mean, so the Crucible, the famous play by Arthur Miller mm -hmm. about the Salem witch trials right. came out, I think, in the 50s or early 60s. And there was a period, the bulk of your life, mine too, where that was considered terrible. The Salem witch trials were a model for what you didn't want your society to become. And then right. within about three years, we wound up in the middle of Salem. Like, how did that happen? Well, what we found really interesting was two, two things. There was two keys. The Benjamin Franklin teenager, and the guy was a genius, actually getting involved with this thing and then bringing it into the Constitution. That was beyond fascinating. The second thing is now Salem makes millions and millions of dollars marketing witches. It's witch city, Salem, Massachusetts. So when we called up the mayor to ask a few questions about, hey, you know, there are 20 people hang by the neck until dead, but you're making millions off these people. Nobody would talk to us in Salem. They wouldn't talk to us <laughs> because it's uneasy. Yeah. They're making big money off the bodies of these innocent people who were strung up by these crazy clerics. Amazing. So I got to ask you about a previous book in your series about the murder of JFK. Mm -hmm. So at the time, I remember you were attacked for being like a conspiracy nut for suggesting the Warren Commission wasn't fully accurate. Do you feel vindicated however many years later? Um, we did so much meticulous research on killing Kennedy, and we got, for the first time, the FBI reports about what actually happened. So many people have made so much money off this assassination by saying, oh, it was this, and it was a grassy knoll, and then it was Fidel Castro, and then they kind of... We basically just went right down the line, but I couldn't answer one question. And to this day, it drives me crazy. Lee Harvey Oswald shot Kennedy. Right. Okay. He did it. But one of the guys who was friends with Lee Harvey Oswald was George DeMoran Shield. Exactly. A CIA operative, not an agent. DeMoran Shield was a Russian. 
living in America. And he taught at Bishop College, a black college in Dallas. And DeMore and Shield, Lee Harvey Oswald was a crude, uneducated man. Yes. Could barely put sentences together. Warren Shield was an aristocrat. White Russian. Right. Why was he hanging around with Lee Harvey Oswald? But like the second he and Marina came to the United States, he was connected with. Boom. Now, there was a Russian expat society in Dallas. Yes. It's true. And you would say, okay, hi, how are you? Maybe you have a little uh, supper on May Day, whatever they're doing. Okay. But this guy was hanging with Oswald. And I can't. And then DeMorne Shield commits suicide. Yes. When the church committee investigators right. approach his home in Palm Beach, Florida, blows his brains out. His daughter is still alive. I'm not going to say where she is, but we know it where she grip. is. I Chelsea. have done everything in my power to try to get that woman to tell me what the hell George DeMorne Shield was doing with her father. It's the one piece I can't put together. So the various the last several administrations have kept classified thousands of pages right. of CIA documents uh, related to the assassination. Seems pretty clear that the CIA had a much larger role in this than they admitted publicly. Well, they were tracking Lee Harvey Oswald, and they picked him up in Mexico City when he tried to get a visa to go to Havana. They knew him. Um, there's no doubt about that. That the CIA was on, he was on their radar scope. Um, but to take it further, you need more hard evidence. And the only guy who had that, other than maybe CIA guys who are all deceased, you know, is the Morrison. What do you make of Jack Ruby, the lone gunman who killed the lone gunman? Ruby was knew he was going to die. Okay, he had cancer. Yeah, so he wanted to go out in a blaze of glory. That's the kind of nutty guy he was. So he knew all the cops in Dallas. They, you know, and he was around. So they let him waltz right in to the police station. Didn't pat him down or anything. He puts out. He kills Oswald. He just wanted to go down in history as being a big shot. So you don't think he was part of any larger no, network? No. Nope. He's a low-level mob guy. And he is a local thug. Ran strippers. That's what he did. Do you? Uh, I mean, that whole period, 63 through 68, you know, saw three big political assassinations. Um, and we haven't seen one in the year since. Do you worry that given the volatility of American politics, that we're going to enter a, a period of that kind of behavior again? I think we're way behind that now. I, 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 we're in, here's what we're in. With Joe Biden's administration, the second worst president in American history. Who'd be the first? James Buchanan. <laughs> and I know you know, you know, James Buchanan allowed the Civil War to happen. Yeah. Okay. Four years, he sat on his butt. He didn't do anything. The people in the South were attacking federal agents, burning down depots, stealing guns. He didn't do a thing. Worst president by far. We're in the age of disorder now. America has entered the age of disorder. And it's because of the progressive movement. President Biden, in my opinion, is diminished mentally. Yes. Doesn't know what he's really doing from day to day. And you can see that in his public state. Pretty evident. Yeah. Right. The progressives like that. 
because the people who control him inside the White House can tell him anything and he'll do it. Who are they, by the way? Well, Klain and Rice were the two yes. in the beginning. And then their assistants have taken over. Names escape me at the man. You'll never see them, ever, ever. But they, are very, they basically tell Joe what to do and say. So this open border policy, which is insane, literally insane, okay? This has led to massive death with the fentanyl problem, destruction of cities like El Paso. Well, cities evaporated. Chaos in New York, where you've got uh, buses of migrants being attacked by citizens who don't want to move in into their neighborhoods. There isn't anything good about this. And immigration law says this should not be happening, but Biden won't enforce the law because the progressives don't. George Soros' main thing for almost his whole life is no borders anywhere. Everybody comes and goes out there, and, and he pumps hundreds of millions of dollars into the progressive cause, and they finally got their guy. Everybody thought Obama, Obama, Obama. Obama didn't go that far. No. Biden, age of disorder. Black Lives Matter, no police, nobody's punished for crimes, tax people up to here so they don't have any assets. The more money you take from people, the less power they have. And the progressives want to run everything, including telling your children what to think when they're five years old. And most Americans don't get it because the press is working with the progressive movement and suppresses all this. So they don't know that we're in the age of disorder. And we are everywhere from Seattle to Key West, everywhere. And we got to snap back or we're going to lose what we have here. But I mean, we're in a presidential season now where the Biden administration has indicted their opponent, the front runner in the race, Trump is leading the polls, four times. Um, and they're going to try and convict him and send him to jail before the election and take his name off the ballot. So, I mean, if you're willing to do that and just end democracy, then, I mean, what aren't you willing to do? But thank God you can't do it. So, number one, he's not going to be taken off the ballot. There's no constitutional order that would allow that to happen. Number two, he's not going to prison because even if he's convicted, none of the things that he's charged with would warrant prison, and the Supreme Court would rule, if it ever gets up there, that he'd be in home confinement, where he could run the government if he wanted to. If he wins, he'll be confined at the White House or whatever. But none of that's going to happen. So the American people understand what this is. They understand um, that the documents in Mar-a-Lago basement parallel the documents in Joe Biden's garage. Yes. It's the same thing. But one guy gets raided and charged, and the other guy, real quick, who's the special prosecutor looking into the Biden documents? I can't remember. Robert Herr. And you, a skilled newsman, don't know his name. No. You know why? Because he's in Tierra del Fuego's own place. <laughs> he's God. Oh, he's going to investigate. See ya. I'm going to Sri Lanka. Nobody's heard a word about him. Does it really take nine months to figure out why Joe Biden illegally, because he's vice president, had no right to take anything, had documents in his garage? Does it take nine months to do that? No. no. Has Joe Biden been interviewed? No. Has Joe Biden been interviewed? No. 
I think they should interview Hunter Biden because Hunter Biden probably tried to sell the documents to someone. <laughs> That's a joke. That's a jest for you media matters people watching now. Okay. So American people know the fix is in. Now, that doesn't excuse Donald Trump for taking the documents. I don't know why he took the documents. He's never going to read the documents. <laughs> why did you take them? And when they asked for them back, why didn't you just give them back? Just make a copy of them if you want to write a book or whatever and give them to the archives. He's What's annoyed. It? it didn't feel like it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway. so, so what happens? I mean, Trump gets elected. Trump could get elected. Sure. Absolutely. But the system, the entire federal bureaucracy, the biggest system in human history has decided we're rejecting this organ. We don't want this. So well, they decided that in 216. Yeah, exactly. And look what happened. But see, that's the diminishment. You asked about cable news earlier in the interview. And I said, it's still going to be there, but it's not going to be what it was. Right. We're not going to have the influence that it had. Okay. It's the same thing with the federal government. It's going to be there. But now if you're indicted, People look at the indictment, they go, eh, you know, we know why this is happening. Most people do. And so in, it looks like Trump's going to walk into that Republican nomination with no problem at all. That's what it looks like right now. Do you think you'll be writing Killing Trump at some point? What, writing, I wrote it, The United States of Trump, and I wrote that book. If you really want to know who he is and how he got that way, right. you read The United States of Trump. But so you don't think we run a risk of entering like a, an actual period of chaos? We are in the chaos now. Yeah, it seems Carlson. that way. It seems that way. We're there. But do you think if Trump gets elected that he'll be able to stand in Washington on January 20th, 2025 and accept the presidency? Look, Trump will do what's best for Trump. I've known him more than 30 years. That's what he's going to do. So if it's best for Trump to stand there on inauguration day and give a speech, he'll do it. But what Trump can do, if he's elected, is stop the age of disorder. Yeah. He can stop it. You could close the border tomorrow. All you have to Easily. do is write an executive order that says we are suspending all requests for asylum for six months yeah. until we can get this thing under control. Put some troops down So there. we're not taking any more. We could do that tomorrow. Trump knocked it down about 80%, the migration across, by making a deal with Obrador. And I know this because I was in on that deal. And I said to Trump, and I've never said this before, but Carlson's kind of like a hypnotist. He looks at you and, he, and you get hypnotized. hypnotized. So I'm going to tell you something that's interesting. I never called Donald Trump, but I've, um, he's a friend of mine. But I never call him. But he calls me occasionally when he wants some comic relief. And he knows that the border thing is big with me. Yeah. He knows. And the cartels are super big. So I wrote a book called Killing the Killers. And in the book, we chronicle how Obama and Trump assassinated the worst jihadists on the planet. We take it step by step by step. And really the reason they're allowed to do that Mr. is because Speaker, they declared the Revolutionary Guard of Iran a terrorist group. So they whacked Soleimani, the head of it. And if you read Killing the Killers, we have every second of what happened. All right? Okay. So Trump gets wind of the book. I don't know if he read it or not, but and he, we're talking about it. And I said, why don't you do that with the cartels? 
just dissident terror groups. They're killing more Americans than these jihadists ever killed. Then were killed in Vietnam every year. Right. I said, just slap the designation on them. And then you can wax them from uh, forces into Acapulco and cut their heads off. Okay. And what are the Mexicans going to do about it? Nothing. So the negotiation happened, started. Okay. And Obrador went nuts. The president of Mexico says, no, you can't do it. You can't do it. You rule my administration. So Trump, as is want, makes a deal with Obrador. Obrador promises to put Mexican army on a border with Guatemala and on the border with the United States, which he does. Cuts the migrants down 80%. Also, he gives Trump all kinds of trade preferences that helps the economy. Remember, inflation when Trump left was 1.4%. And it was that way because the imports coming in from Mexico and China and other places were so low, it drove down all the prices. Right. Trump did that. Trump did that. Because everything with Trump is a deal. It's always a deal. So I said to him, so you gave up the, the designation of terror group for that? He goes, yeah. I said, we won't do it if you do X, Y, and Z. I couldn't argue with it. Helps the economy in the United States, drops migration 80% in his last year. He was an effective president. Not an ideologue, doesn't believe, he's a populist, not a conservative, doesn't have any of that stuff going on. No. It's deal after deal after deal after deal. That's how he controlled Putin. But he won't tell me what he has on Putin. But I know we have some. Why do they hate him so much in Washington? What? Why do they hate Trump so much in Washington? Because Trump doesn't respect them. He's not in awe of them. Washington, as you know, because you live there, is all about the cocktail parties. It's all about the social invitations, mingling with the powerful, going here, going there. Cafe Milano. Oh, I had dinner with uh, uh, Senator so-and-so tonight. That's what it's all about. Trump didn't care about those people at all. And he wasn't respectful to them. No. I mean, you know, he looked at the FBI and the CIA. And he, he didn't fear or respect them, and they didn't like it. That's what it was all about. You, you said that you've been in this business for almost 50 years. Started when I was seven years old. <laughs> How long are you going to do it? I don't know. That's a good question. I work way too hard for my age. Most of my friends are riding around the villages and a little golf course. You know, I mean, it, you know, and I'm looking at them. It's not too bad. You know, they're out on the beach. I'm working my butt off every day. And I'm going, why am I doing this? Why are you doing it? I don't know. I mean, I have a mission. I said earlier that I'm put on a planet for a reason. I know I was. And that's why you have to accept bad things that happen to you because they happen to every human being. There's a reason that happened. You don't know the reason, but there's a reason. Um, so I'll do this as long as I feel that I'm doing good. Let me give you an example. So on BillOReilly.com, which is our nexus, that's where we live. We yes. have all kinds of stuff going on there. And people should check that out. We have a concierge membership. You pay a little money, but not a lot. You get direct access to me. You can email me anything you want, including problems, bad things that are happening to you. Do you get weird emails? 
Well, my, I have a staff that yeah. sets the weird air mills on fire. I don't see the weird air mills. Okay. That's a rule. But I help those people when they need help because most people have no blank and clue how to negotiate the system. I know how. So we get some heartbreaking letters. People who have cancer and they, their children are doing this or that. And I can usually guide them to a place. And in some cases, we intervene to help them. That, to me, is why I do this. So we have... Wait, people can email you directly with their personal problems? That's right. And it's... I can't tell so, you so how what successful you, it's been. What have you learned from that? What I mean, are the nature of people's problems changing? Well, you must learn a lot about people. You're quoted at one time, and, and Carlson and I never really knew each other that well because he was in D.C. on New York, but you were quoted, at, and I don't know if this is an accurate quote or not because 90% of the stuff written about you and me is not true. But it was like, oh, Riley's a populist, but if it ever comes out that he's an elitist masquerading as a populist, his career will be over. That's what you were saying to your staff, according to one dispatch. Un untrue. But it, it is true. If you didn't say it, I'm, that's fine. But if you had said it, I wouldn't be mad because it's absolutely true. I made my whole success looking out for the folks. That's what I do. I couldn't care less about going to the parties or any of that. Um, so the point is that we've developed a program to help individuals on BillOReilly.com, concerts, membership, and we do help them. So that's a worthy thing for me to stay in the game. That's amazing. No, it's not. It was it's... what what are people's biggest problems? Health, money, sex, job. It's they don't know how to negotiate life. They're not taught in school or by their parents. In life in America, particularly in the age of disorder where we are now. You need three things. You have to have them. Number one, a doctor who wants to keep you alive, who will answer your calls and emails. You need a doctor that you know personally, okay? You need a lawyer. Again, someone you get on the line is going to talk to you straight about whatever legalism, because you're going to have them. And the third is you need a trusted financial advisor to lay out what your situation is and what your options are to increase your wealth or protect yourself in your old age. If you don't have those three, you're going to get hosed. Interesting. And I'm fascinating, Carlson. Well, that is interesting. I mean, that's well, why yeah. you asked me to I've come here. I've got some problems that I may, I may email you about on BillOReilly.com. you got to pay 100 bucks, though. <laughs> <laughs> no do freebies we, here. Do people not have a doctor, lawyer, oh, financial They don't advisor? have anything. They don't have anything. And, and they don't have a lot of assets. But somewhere. how do you find it just on the doctor thing? I, I've got a lawyer because I have no choice. Financial, I guess. But I don't, I, don't, I don't trust doctors. Okay. But you know someone, I'm sure, who had a medical difficulty and who doctor came through and you do it by referrals. I have the greatest doctor on the planet. Woman cares about me, cares about my children. And, and you children trust her? There. Yeah, because they're friends, they're blood. But it took me a while to find that person. It just doesn't magically appear. I've had my finance guys for 40 years. I inherited them from my father. 
Um, and attorneys, I got way too many of them because believe me, you mess with us, we're coming. We're coming at you. We're not taking it. That's over. Um, but it was a lot of research, a lot of trial and error. I had to fire some people. I had to walk away from some people. But we loyalty is very important to me. Loyalty. And I give it back, by the way. Any of these people that are helping me, we'll help them if they ever need it. Last question, and I, and I appreciate this. Uh, last question. So everybody hates the media, and that hatred, I think, is well-deserved. But since you spent your life in the media, who are, name a couple of people who you think are the good guys, well-known people everyone's familiar with, who you've come across during your life and career, who actually were decent people. Are there any? Yeah, there's tons of them. Um, two days ago, I went to a Billy Joel concert. I grew up with him, with Billy Joel. And he is a megastar, and is re he's the same guy. We had a bunch of laughs backstage, and stuff like that. I mean, there are so many. Wow. One of the good things about my career is I know everybody. I know everybody. And I'm not a schmoozer and all that, I mean, but there are a lot of good people. There are people, but in the media today, the problem is they're all afraid. Yeah. See, the reason that you were successful and that I was successful is very simple. At 8 o'clock on the Fox News channel, nobody knew what we were going to say. Whether they liked us or they hated us, it didn't matter. That son of a bitch, I want to find out what he's going to say tonight. That was it. Now, talent's free across the board. They say the wrong thing. They do this, they do that. And the bad guys know that. The media matters, people. They know it. It goes viral like that. You know what CNN did? CNN did to me on Friday? Right after Murdoch announced that he was stepping down as the chairman, CNN ran a montage. And the montage was designed to have their audience believe that Fox News is racist. Okay? Racist! You, racist! You were in the montage. <laughs> I'm proud. Okay. So what they did was they took a bunch of clips, maybe 10 clips. Dead. And one of the clips was me saying that slaves were well-fed and had decent housing. <laughs> That's all they used. O'Reilly endorses slavery. <laughs> That's all they so used. Stupid. This is primetime CNN. It's all they, That's it. Know what that discussion was about? Michelle Obama Big gave money. a lecture saying that slaves built the White House. Okay? <laughs> and it got a lot of controversy. I went on to Factor, and this was in 2016, and said, she's right. Slaves were employed by the federal government. They were well housed. They were well fed because they had to work to build the White House free. They weren't paid a salary. So Michelle Obama is right. That's what I said. And these sons of bitches <laughs> at CNN took that eight seconds where I said slaves were well-fed and housed out of that whole thing, put it on their air. How evil is that? Trying to have people who don't know, they don't remember what I said, think that I'm a proponent, as you just said, of slavery. How blanking evil is that?
And you know what? Happens every single day in this country. And then the websites pick it up, right? They drive it on out there. And you're defenseless. So that's the age we live in right now. How long is it going to continue? You know, I think in the media is shot. I think as we talked about earlier, the independent agencies, what you're doing on it, it's X, right? It's X. That's what we're Twitter. calling it. That's what we're calling it. I thought Twitter kind of like I'm outdated. I'm kind of I call it X. Whatever it is, <laughs> you'll be successful. I'm sure I'm already very successful. Um, and um, that's the future. That's, and we don't have to answer to anybody. I don't know about it. Musk calls you up in the middle of the night, but nobody's calling me up in the middle of the night. Nobody likes me anyway. They wouldn't. But <laughs> I don't have to deal with this corporate crap anymore. It's liberation. Bill O'Reilly, that was a genuine pleasure. I appreciate it. You know, it was very kind of you to, to have us I loved it. I and, loved it. Uh, I'm glad you read Killing the Witches. You know, it's a good Halloween book I still think you. there were some witches. Yeah, well, what you should do is instead of giving candy out at the Carlson household, give them a copy of the book to the (laughs) urchins. Hey, you still witches around. Read this thing. (laughs) Thank you. That was a good interview. Wasn't it, Sonia? That was a good interview. And I'm like taking all the way back WNAX. (laughs) This is Bill (laughs) O'Reilly. I'm all sitting here in my feelings. Uh, that was a great interview and he's right. I mean, he's right. I, I don't know what else to say. I'm going to go back and rewatch it. Sonny and I talked about this. Sometimes when we do these watch parties, we have to go back and rewatch so that we can let the information sink in. Um, oh, my old man always liked Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> and, and now I guess maybe I never understood then, but I guess I understood now as to why, uh, Bill O'Reilly was a Tucker Carlson in his heyday. And so, this kind of makes sense. It was a very good interview. Thanks, you guys, for, for sticking around. Before you guys go, there is something else I want to talk about. And like I said, this had come up right before I had gone live. And so I haven't really... I'm just going to watch it. If you want to stay, you can. If you don't, that's fine, too. Uh, but um, Elon Musk... Hold on. Let me just pull it up here. Elon Musk. Yesterday or a couple days ago, had decided he was going to go to the border. And find out what's real. Like, he's he's gotten all up in his butt about the border and what's going on. We're all up in the butt about the border. But that's because we all do the political stuff. And Elon Musk is... I don't even know what Elon Musk is. He's like a rocket man, billionaire. He owns Twitter. I I, didn't, I don't take him much for politics. I don't... Um, but he's, he's going balls to the wall political now. So let me just... Uh, okay, so that was... His rocket stuff went to Eagle Passport. Okay, yeah, here it is. It's about 15 minutes. If you want to stick around, uh, you can. If not, I totally get it because I guess we're over our hour. Uh, but I want to play this just because I wanted to watch it. And since we're here, let's just fucking do it. Let's just do it. Uh, this all started with the, Ill- the illegal immigration needs to stop, but I'm super in favor of greatly expanding and simplifying the legal immigration. I agree. Uh, anyone who proves themselves to be hardworking, talented, honest should be allowed to come into America, period. I also want to note that he is in some hot water again with AOC because of this. She came out and she was big mad about it. They should just bump uglies already and get it over with. Uh, but that's just my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. Here we go. Uh, Elon Musk at the border. 
Yeah, so here we are at, at Eagle Pass, uh, and we're going to be uh, meeting with uh, uh, the sort of major, the major officials uh, uh, and uh, law enforcement responsible for the water, and um, and just hear directly from them and see it, see exactly what's going on uh, for yourself. So, uh, with that, let's begin. Yes, I'm Tony Gonzalez. I'm the uh, local congressman here in the district. My district is 823 miles of the southern border. Places like Eagle Pass. El Paso, Uvalde, Del Rio. Uh, we've been at the epicenter of this border crisis. What I really like to share is is uh, a lot of my sheriffs and uh, and local elected officials are being forgotten. Their stories aren't getting out. Uh, some stories are, but a lot of stories aren't. The first person we, we'd, I'd like to hear from is uh, Randy Brown, who is the sheriff of Medina County. It's about an hour away from, about 100 miles away from here. And uh, Randy's behind us now. You want to come over here, Randy? And yeah. uh, just... Uh, the question I have is: Is uh, what what's happening in your county? This is hundred yeah, miles and, away. And just imagine, like you just you're just talking to America here, and people just want to understand exactly what's going on. But assume that people do not know what's going on. Well, you got to go back some time, and whenever the open border policies from the White House kind of got thrown out there, we've been overrun. How so, long was that? How long ago was that? What year was that? Two years ago. Two years We're ago. on our third we've, year. We've been battling it for two years, and uh, okay, so. so so you're saying there's an open, an open border policy essentially for the past few years? It's an invitation. An, an invitation. That's how I read it. That's how okay. it was told from the from the White House. So okay. They don't have a clue what's going on here, I don't think, because okay. if they did, maybe they would care. Maybe they would. I don't know. How does how does the train impact you? Because the trains have been a big story lately. There's a train just over here. This is kind of where it starts, Eli. Okay. Where you see you know, all these thousands of people on a train. This is where they're coming through. But it doesn't end here. It just starts here. Yeah. Medina County is where they're going to make it to the big cities like San Francisco. Two, two major rail lines come okay. through, through my county and, and on those the illegals ride. They actually control the trains because they know how to crank down the brake on the car so okay. when it passes a heat sensor, the conductor has to stop the train. The illegals get off. The people come to get them, and all the stolen vehicles they're stealing from all over the country. Nearly every one of them is in a stolen vehicle. Okay. So, so then we get involved, and then they're trespassing on private property. Okay. Uh, and when you do get behind the road, they run through fences. They run over equipment. Irrigation stuff is important to the farmers. They run over their equipment. They tear it up. We tear up vehicles trying to hold the line. We're trying to hold the line 100 miles away because the line is not getting held here. Because it's not that complicated to close the border. It really is. And that's the aggravating part. I think any sheriff here will tell you the same thing. All right. Um, well, and just just to, again, just assume that the you know this is a this is really just for the, the general public, and so we want to just frame the situation because uh, not everyone knows like magnitude and you know like is this uh, normal or is is it like so so just if you could just frame the situation for the general public, yeah. that would be helpful. What 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 terrifies me the most is we're seeing historic numbers, historic eleven thousand people coming over daily for the past week uh, here in Eagle Pass alone. 2,500 people, over 5,000 people in, in detention. But what worries me the most is this, in, in many cases, feels normal. The part that doesn't make it out on some of the news stuff is there is a golf course. We're literally standing in, in front of a golf course, and you have people playing golf as if it is normal. To the right, you have people that are coming over illegally. I mean, it is it is upside down. And, and like Elon said earlier, I, mean, I believe in, in legal immigration. I think uh, legal immigration is important. And what happens is when you grant people that have come over illegally 
these different opportunities, you completely undermine okay, the legal but, but system. I, I think, you know, like the stuff we were talking about in the car, the yeah. magnitude of the situation. The magnitude of it, yeah. So it's like, um, the, the fact that we are seeing all-time highs in yes. illegal processing, that, and, and that, that that ramp is increasing. Yes. So th th these are really important points because the public isn't isn't. I think it's not, it's not necessarily clear to the public. Uh, is this is this normal or or, or are or are we you know are we seeing an accelerating crisis? It's not getting better. It's getting worse. Last Friday was the was last Friday a week ago was a historic number. Eleven thousand people that came over. Okay. Uh, and then on Monday that number increased. Today is Thursday and that number increased. We're only going in the wrong direction. This is a week. What happens two weeks from now? Uh, it, it, it's the wrong way. Okay. So basically, we're seeing unprecedented all-time highs yes. um, and increasing and spreading. Yeah. It's not in just one area. It's it's not just like it's just one city or one yes. town, and not even one state anymore. You know, it's not, we're talking about New York today, but Chicago, you're hearing it there. L.A., Denver, there's all these other places where it's just spreading, just continues to get uh, okay. bubbling up. And, and just to quantify it, uh, I think you said. 2,000 a day or something, just just in this location. Just here, yeah, just here. So that's like over 700,000 a year. Just yeah. in this one location, yeah. Okay, uh, just uh, 700,000 uh, sort of legal immigrants a year, just in this one location. Just in this one location. Okay. Uh, El Paso, right now in El Paso. Just, then, yeah, but like, that's that's higher than the population of Wyoming, uh, sure, FYI. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, and that's just one location. What is the what is the total number from all locations, roughly? In the millions. I mean, it's it's so literally millions, 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 and those are just the folks that we know have engaged. What okay, about so all the others? That's that's just who was actually processed. Yes, the gotaways are so, the ones so, that you know. Yeah, so meaning that like the the actual number is much higher. Much higher. Okay, that's very important for people people to know. Yeah. Uh, that the actual number is much higher. Is it is it is it, is official number something like two million or something? Where, where, where is it? It varies, and it depends on who you ask. But okay. I've seen it as high as two point six million. Uh, and that number just every year for the past three years has almost doubled. You know, it was like 1.1. It's, it's just year doubling year. year after year. It's compounding uh, year after year because because it's it's not just one part of the world either. It's all parts of the world that are coming in El Paso. Yeah, I, th I think that's actually an important point to make because, um, you know, sometimes people think, well, people just come from Mexico, but this is not the no, case. No, not the um, case at all. The, 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 the reality is that um, if this is an open border for all of Earth. All of Earth. Um, and just, you know, so there's roughly 350 million people in the u.s but there's eight billion people on earth yes this is an open border to eight billion people yes exactly. and yeah. and and so in fact i i believe a, a a small minority or it's a minority it's, it's, it's a small percentage that are actually coming from mexico yeah that are, that are mexican. that's true yes okay uh sheriff zertuche how many how many i mean you this is a how, how close are you to the border 60 um, miles 68 miles from the 68 border. miles from the border that's right what type of nationalities are coming through your county we're seeing anywhere from Honduras, El Salvador, uh, I believe um, Ecuador, and stuff like that. Even uh, some it's Cubans. pretty much every country, well, right? Pretty much every country. Yeah. Um, it's very rare that we see anybody just from Mexico. So, oh, it's actually rare to see anyone right. from Mexico. And then I'm 68 miles from the border. I'm 80 miles south of here from okay. Eagle Pass. How big is your workforce? How big is the sheriff's office? My patrol staff's only 16 strong. 16 total. Okay. So how many do you have on on call at one time? Maybe two at the most. Two two law enforcement officers to tackle. I mean, some of these counties that, that I represent, they're size yeah. of states, and sure. they've got two or three people 
trying to tackle it all. This is where the local community just feel completely overwhelmed because Border Patrol agents used to be the, the front line and now they're here. They're under the bridge, they're processing folks. So they're completely out of the game. So these law enforcement, the local law enforcement officers are carrying all the weight. Okay. My county alone is 1,500 square miles. And, right, so and that's, not, that's not possible really. It's very um, difficult to handle. Yeah, okay. Um, and and so uh, and, and just it's worth going over a bunch of things that you mentioned to me, which yes. is like um, the it, there's there's almost no repatriation. Right. This is another thing that was I found surprising. Um, so um, basically, once somebody gets in, they're 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 in. Yes. There's essentially no. It does in theory repatriation, in theory flying back. Yes. Um, and I believe you talked to the, the president of Guatemala and, mm -hmm. and, you know, and asked him if it would, would, they, would, they, would they take people back. And he said, of course. Yes, I said, uh, I'll take every single one of them. Yeah, no problem. So, no problem. All you got to do is ask call. us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ask, you just call. The White House just needs to call. Exactly. Okay. And every White House. It seems and, like that's like a, not a difficult thing. Elon, <laughs> every White House has done that. Okay. It, whether it was Trump, whether it was Obama, whether it was Clinton, whether it was Bush, every single White House has had a border issue and every single one has hand, had to uh, handle it the same way okay. by essentially going, we can't let everybody in because it's going to overwhelm us. We're going to you're going to uh, abide by the laws. And if you don't qualify for asylum, we're going to send you back. And as soon as you start doing that, it alleviates the stress. This administration hasn't done that yet. OK, so um, and just so of the sort of two, roughly two, two and a half million um, processed illegals. And then there's, it's maybe as much as twice double that or something. I don't know. So, Got a ways. So, yeah. Call it like four, four-ish million, maybe five million total uh, processed and, and unprocessed. How many of the four or five million uh, legal immigrants are sent back to their countries every year? I'll give you an example. Here in, here in Del Rio, Del Rio sector is one of nine sectors, okay? Uh, we're getting over 20, about 2,500 people coming over illegally a day. And we are, we are repatriating or sending zero back. Zero. Z zero. Zero. No, not zero, zero is a quite a small number. <laughs> yes. um, exactly. Okay, that's just literally zero. So zero. basically there's no repatriation. What is happening is there. This is insane. What is happening is at best they will send people to other parts of the border. That's okay. not back to where they, the, the country of origin. That's the Laredo or El Paso. Okay. In worst case scenario, and I want to bring in the mayor here, the worst case scenario is where they're at. You bubble to a point where there's nowhere else to send them. So what you end up doing is you release them into the street. Imagine what that does to your local community. Uh, yes, this sir. is the, the, the mayor right, of Eagle doing? Pass. Welcome Hi. to Eagle Pass. Orlando Salinas, mayor of the city of Eagle Pass. Hi. And it's been a rough. Oh, a nice uh, town. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Uh, just FYI, in case people are wondering whether Eagle Pass is like, like you know, like like a, a, a rundown town. It's actually really clean and nice, just FYI. Thank you so much. Yeah. You know, we're a, a city of 28,000 people, and we've had 19,000. Sorry, just, the, the, yeah, so e maybe toward the camera, I suppose. Eagle Pass <laughs> is a city of 28,000 people. We've had over 19,000 people in the last about 10 days come in, so we don't have the resources. It's like, wait, more people, more people are coming in by far, uh, you know, than the, I mean, it's exceeding the population of the town on a regular basis. Absolutely. We don't have the resources to Mayor, control. Will you talk about the, the, the hospital? Absolutely. I think that's Absolutely. a piece that a lot of people are missing. Eagle Pass has one hospital. So, so you have thousands of people visiting this hospital. People are getting frustrated. 
they, the, the safety's taking a toll. People can't get medical care. Our local constituents, because they're treating people that are coming in from other countries. It's just, yeah, there's only so many doctors. There's there's only only so many doctors. Only so much we could do. The thing is, they're coming in without consequence, and the word gets out back to the countries. Hey, come to the U.S. Come through Eagle Pass. Come one, come all kind of situation. And it's disappointing that that we don't have. A, a reform where we can solve this issue. The other thing about this too, Elon, is this isn't, it should not be a partisan issue. I get it. The politics in yeah, it are yeah, lucrative. Exactly. There's a t- certainly a temptation to make it a partisan 100%. issue. 100%. Yeah. But, you know, th- this is across the board. I don't care if you're a D or an R, if you vote, don't vote. Yeah. Urban America, rural America, everybody's impacted the same way. When a, when the crisis hits your town, it's like a hurricane. When a cur- hurricane hits you, everybody gets washed out. Sure. And it's no different. So this is, I think there's an opportunity here. If we can, if we can message it in a manner, of, this is about solutions. Hey, I get the finger pointing. It's easy to say why we got here. It's like, how do we just get out of here? And I think there are some real tangible solutions. We can get. Okay, so I, I guess like the first part of this video, and I'll take a minute to upload it once this time. Sure. Is just just to uh, frame the problem so yes. that the American people understand the, the the magnitude of the problem, how quickly it is growing, um, and that there is basically no solution currently being yeah. implemented. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Okay, and and just to understand like when. You know, you're telling me like sometimes you know people coming through um, are you know they have gang tattoos and, oh, they, yeah. and they have the like the tear, uh, you know, uh, tattoo on the on the part. Like I'm not sure. Uh, maybe that everyone knows what that what, it, what tattooing a tear on your on your head on, on your face means. I visited. I visited. <laughs> it's not good. It's, it's, not, good. it's not good. I visited. Okay. Just okay. nonstop. I visited the facility here in Eagle Pass on Monday. And there was uh, there was a guy that had face and neck tattoos, fan tattoos, and he had teardrops. Uh, and a teardrop is is when you kill when somebody. you kill someone, and then you wear it as like a as a badge of, as but, a badge of pride. You're right. like actually happy that you've killed someone, right? And you want people to know it, right? And 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 when someone like that comes through and they say they're an asylum seeker, what what do we do? So so I'm in there, and I, I asked I asked the the, the border patrol chief. I mean, this is, we're, we're talking about a serial, basically a serial murderer. because yeah, he has multiple serial, serial, serial murderer and proud of it. Yes. yes, yes. This is not somebody you want babysitting. Not subtle. No, not at all. Okay. Uh, and so when I asked the, the border patrol chief, I go, hey, what's up with this guy? Yeah. And he asked him in Spanish. He goes, hey, have you ever been arrested before? He goes, oh, of course not. And he's like, no, no, I've never been arrested. And so what the border patrol chief said, he goes, we do not have records from people from Venezuela. Sure. So we can't track a, unless they were arrested in the United States. We really don't know who some of these actors are. Many people you'll see are fleeing poverty. I get that. Sure, sure, sure. But there are others that are fleeing, you know, incarceration. Yes, <laughs> we, we are basically. It seems like the place where you can go to get away from the law. Yes. Um, and, uh, and yeah. Uh, That's about the end of the video, right there. There's about another 15 seconds left. Elon's hard to listen to sometimes. I kind of like, kind of like Robert F. Kennedy Jr. It's just like, I get, I know he's got, he's a lot of people assume that he's on the spectrum or whatever, and he's, and he's great. I mean, he's great at what he's doing with Twitter and everything, but he's just, he can be hard to listen to. So, hello, welcome to live. Um, yeah, the border thing. The border is, the border's next. That's what it is. I mean, these people are coming over at the invite of the White House because they are building an army to create chaos and violence for the 2024 election. I just said what I said. The DHS has already come out with their report and they are stating that they are anticipating violence and um, 
malware issues when it comes to the 2024 election. And it's like, well, how much more violence can we possibly get? Well, we saw what happened with George Floyd, right? We all kind of know that. I mean, there's a couple different theories with George Floyd. I am of the theory that it didn't happen. Fucking fight me. I saw some stuff like different video angles and different camera angles that didn't actually show anybody there at that. I mean, so you were looking at for the 2024 election, you were looking at these, these are going to be chaos agents and these people are going to be released out into the public with orders to do certain things in order to keep their free health care, in order to keep their stipends coming in, in order to keep their free food, their free rental, whatever. Um, this is what's going to happen. Somebody said martial law, no election. I'm not wishing for martial law. That's a bad day. Uh, but they are, this is, and there's no end in sight. Um, the government's getting ready to shut down. I just got a notification about that. The last Hail Mary bill that they tried to push through in the house uh, failed. So it will be shutting down, it sounds like, um, which happened under Trump too. It happened for 30 days before they could figure it out. Obviously, Ukraine is still a hot button. I mean, there's so much going on. Uh, Venezuela is emptying their prisons and sending them over here. Yeah, this isn't, it's not a good thing. Um, and Bill O'Reilly was right. It would take one executive order to shut it down and start sh shipping people back for it to, to slow down. But our administration hasn't done that. And you have to start kind of wondering why. And again, this depends on what theory you kind of roll with. Um, this is definitely exposing some things. If you roll with door number three, that this is all about exposure uh, but you got to remember that just because something is a false flag or something is being done to out something else doesn't mean that people are not going to get hurt. Doesn't mean that people are not going to get killed. There are a lot of things out there that are said that are happening that aren't happening. I mean, we all know what some of those things are, but that doesn't mean that people aren't going to get hurt. Uh, so you still need to make sure that you, especially if you live along these borders, and especially if you live in these big cities that a lot of these people are being bused to, uh, than them for us here in the Midwest, because eventually it's going to migrate inward. Um, and these smaller towns, these farmers and these small factories, they love to hire illegal immigrants and pay them cash under the table. And so I anticipate we've already got some stuff going on here. So I anticipate it getting bad for those of us here in the Midwest as well. This isn't going to be simply a big city issue. Um, this is going to be nationwide nationwide unrest um, come into the 2024 election. And we're just going to have to keep going. The last thing that I have before I wrap this live up is the Tupac stuff. They did. They arrested. So they arrested a man in connection with Tupac Shakir. I don't know. I got to look into this a little bit more. I, I haven't been. Sonia, I'm not going to lie. Um, but I just got a notification. They did out his name. His name is Dwayne Keefe or Keefe B. Davis, he was arrested for the 1996 Las Vegas murder of rapper Tupac Shakur. But if you listen to one of Eminem's new songs, uh, there's a lyric in there that talks about how Tupac Shakur is in Cuba. So, you know, I really feel like this stuff with Tupac Shakur is a distraction. I don't know from, from a lot of shit that's going on, but uh, I feel like this is not an important thing. Why did it take so long? Who is this? You know, and I'm going to spend an hour diving into this, you know, and I, I just feel like this is not something that unless there is something that when well, it's usually all connected, right? Culture trickles down to politics, I suppose. I bet if I dive into Dwayne, he's probably going to be related to the guy that attacked Nancy Pelosi's husband with a hammer. 
So more to come. Keefy D. Keefy D is his name. Uh, he has been arrested for the murder of Tupac Shakur. He had his home raided a couple weeks back when they were looking for something. So more someone snitched. Let's see what t- what's Twitter say. Distraction, distraction. A lot of people are saying this is a distraction. Uh, a lot of people are saying it's a distraction from what's going on at the border. Uh, considering that Elon did release his video today, that is pretty damning video for anybody. Um, damn, I thought he had immunity for all the snitching he did. It's been 84 years. Um, fake. A lot of people have a theory that Shpak, Tupac Shakir is actually still alive. And I, I don't know, maybe. I suppose that kind of falls in line with Michael Jackson, right? Isn't there that theory that's out there? Whitney Houston? No, I think Whitney Houston did. I think she did her door. Yeah, she's gone. You don't think Whitney's dead? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Go. Cool. We're on the same page. Bet. Sonny, good job. Uh, Puffy is searching countries. Do not extradite today. <laughs> Uh, Donovan Miko says this dude's been telling on himself forever. It's surprised it took this long. Apparently he bragged about it an awful lot. <laughs> and they just caught him. And then somebody else says it took them 25 years to do this, but they have people from the Capitol on J6 in 48 hours. <laughs> it's just... I don't, I don't, it's probably a distraction. Uh, Whitney got cooked in her bath. Yeah, I, that was real. Um, I think there's some shady shit to that, but I think that hers was pretty legit. You just kind of, I don't know. I don't know. More to come on Tupac Shakur. Trial is going to be lit. There's sounds like there's going to be a trial. Um, Trump's trial is also going to be coming up. That's starting here pretty soon. I don't remember what day. Well, one of them is. Isn't one of them coming up pretty soon? Yeah, I don't remember which one, though. We might watch it if it's live. If not, we probably won't. We'll see. Uh, the impeachment hearings are also going on. I'm not interested. I'm not watching. I made a TikTok about it. I'm just done. I'm all dunsies. I don't care about your committee. You could have put this committee two fucking years ago, put it together and got it done, but you didn't. You waited until the year before election season. Get the, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not watching any of your committee shit anymore. Um, unless they bring Fauci back in or that guy from TikTok. That was just really good. So... All the world's a stage. Nailed it. All right, you guys, that's it. That's it. I love your faces. Thanks for sticking it out. I know this ran a little bit longer, but it was really interesting. Thanks for sticking it out. I love your faces, and I will see you next week for uh, more shit, I suppose, because you know stuff's just going to keep, it's just going to escalate. Things just going to keep happening, and it's going to get bigger and more grandiose, and we're we're just going to ride it out unless we can't. Then I'll send everybody memes via the mail. I promise. Okay. All right. That's it. I love your faces. Keep her moving. Take it easy. Tell your mama says hi and watch out for deer. Bye guys. Back off. I'll take you on. Headstrong. You take on anyone. I know that you are wrong. You're headstrong. You're headstrong.